The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Prepare us, O God, to hear your word through the scriptures of this day. Confront us with your claims on our lives. Clarify the choices we must make if our lives are to have meaning and purpose. Help us to respond to the one who came as the bread of life, so we may know life at its fullest and best. Amen. The lesson today is from John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. On the afternoon of Monday, December 3rd, 2018, my mom, Pam, called me. You need to know that Pam is the uh, she is the St. Francis of Central Ohio. So if there is an animal in need, she will know about that animal. So she calls me, and seconds into the conversation, I could tell, I could hear that she was upset. And so <laughs> I asked what was wrong. And she begins to tell me about a Labrador retriever puppy, seven months old, who needs a home. He, the puppy, is named Junior. Can you imagine? (laughs) Junior? And Junior has spent the last five months of his life either in a crate that is too small or sequestered in a laundry room. His owner is overwhelmed by his needs and is neglectful to the point that they are preparing to abandon him not necessarily to a shelter, um, but it may be an open field or the side of the road. It doesn't matter. They just want the puppy gone. Before Pam could finish the story and ask the question, because this was leading to the question, I said, no. (laughs) No. I'm not taking him. It's not even a German Shepherd, no. (laughs) She paused for a moment and then then she says, well, at least think about it. Like, just tell me you'll think about it. If you tell me you'll think about it, then I can tell his owner that you're thinking about it and it'll buy me time to find him 
a home. So I say, okay, I will think about it. But the answer is still no. <laughs> so over the next few days, I did think about this Labrador retriever named Junior and the possibility of, of bringing this non-German shepherd to my home. <laughs> Which, why would I do that? It's not a German shepherd. For those of you who don't know, I have German shepherds. So, so I even did a pros and cons list. So uh, there was one thing, pro, change his name because no one should go through life named Junior. That was the one and only pro. Change his name. The cons just went on and on and on. Uh, he's not a German shepherd, I've mentioned that already. Uh, disruption to my life and home, uh, cost, training, vet bills, food bills, he's not a German shepherd. Uh, Josiah is not yet a year old. Ebenezer just turned three. He's not a German shepherd. The dogs may not even accept him. And then I'm going to be stuck with a dog that I don't even want that's not a German shepherd. And then I will have to find him a home. It will be my burden to find this dog a home. Needless to say, the cons far surpass the single pro. And based on my practical, cerebral list, my answer remained the same. No. And that should have been the end of it. Should have been the end of it. However, this next piece, I, I blame Jesus for entirely. It's totally on him. I felt that I needed to answer a single, simple question. Just one question. Do I have the capability to love this dog? Do I have the capability to love this dog? Yes. Gideon, formerly known as Junior, came home on Friday, December 7th, 2018, and joined the wolf pack. <laughs> to love or not to love? That is the question. It is always the question. To love or not to love? Every minute of every day, we answer that single, simple question. The answer to the question orients our way of being, guides how we live, determines what we do, and chooses the words that we speak. Ultimately, the answer to that question reveals whether our life is aligned with God's life, whether our life reflects Jesus' life. Mary answers the love question in today's gospel one way. Judas, another. Mary anoints Jesus' feet and fragrances the entire house. Judas keeps to himself, questioning, criticizing, scheming. 
Mary loves while Judas calculates. Too often, we understand love to be an emotion, a positive feeling, an attraction. And while that is an aspect of love, it is not determinative of love. Whether or not we love does not depend on our emotions. It depends on our seeing. Seeing and loving are always related. John tells us that Judas is a betrayer, a thief, and cares nothing for the poor. A myriad of emotions gives rise to those three descriptions. Greed, fear, anger, jealousy, indifference, disappointment, rage. Whatever it is that grips Judas, he is blind to what is before him. He is unable to love. How we see determines whether and how we love. Look at the world. If you see beauty, the wonder of creation, the manifestation of God's self, you will love. If you simply see physical matter and personal stuff and material objects, chances are you are not loving. Look at a stranger. If all you see is another nameless, faceless individual in a crowd, you are likely not loving. If, however, you see a unique person, one created in the image and likeness of God, just as you are created in the image and likeness of God, I suspect you know yourself to be capable of loving. Our seeing leads to deeper loving. Mary's heart is open in a way that that Judas cannot see. His heart is asleep. He is unable to see what Mary sees. Mary sees the way, the truth, and the life. Judas only sees opportunity and profit. Mary pours out all that she is and all that she has. She holds nothing back. Judas only wants to take and keep for himself. How can that be? I mean, they're in the same house with the same people, experiencing the exact same moment, real time, both in the presence of of Jesus. And yet, they see two very different realities that draw them to two very different responses, which points to the truth that our emotional agendas distort our reality. We see the world 
not so much as it is, but as we are. What we see and how we love, in many ways, says more about us than about the object of our seeing and our loving. Now, I realize you're probably sitting here and thinking, well, I'm always like Mary. Aren't you? You're always like Mary. Always looking for that pound of nard, aren't you? And it's easy for us to sit here and think, oh, I'm nothing like Judas. Let's condemn and dismiss him. We're nothing like him, right? Never calculating, never scheming, never counting the cost or doing a pros and cons list, are we? To dismiss or condemn Judas is to condemn and dismiss ourselves. Judas is as much a part of us as Mary. Mary and Judas are images and archetypes of ways of being. Both live within us. Both teach us something about ourselves. Sometimes we are Mary, sometimes we are Judas. I think what's important to remember is that Jesus, at no moment, did he condemn Judas. He just recognized his human flaws. Each of us in our life could name situations when our stuff, our baggage, our emotional agendas, got in the way of our loving. And those are likely times of regret and disappointment. Times when our heart was asleep, when we were less than we wanted or could be. And I'm sure we could also talk of times when we bypassed efficiency and practicality, ignored what made sense, didn't settle for just doing or saying the right thing, choosing instead to pour out all that we had, on the life of another. The experiences of Mary and Judas, they teach us about ourselves. And they hold before us that question, that simple question, to love or not to love. Jesus requests but one thing of us, Love one another. It's all that's requested of us. Love one another. And so every day of our lives, that simple question is before us. And every day of our lives, we must decide, will we pour out love upon those around us? Or will we stand in the shadows and calculate and scheme and hold back our love? To love or not to love? That is the question. Thanks be to God. Amen.